0: What's up, guys? Rachel Lindsay here, and I am teaming up with your favorite Ringer podcasters to deliver the Bravo drama and news that you've been craving on Morally Corrupt. It's the show about all things Bravo, from the housewives to summer house and everything in between. We'll be mentioning it all every week. Check it out on Spotify and TheRinger.com.
1: My instruments are down. Katana? Calculating a path now. You must maintain the precise line. <laughs> if we veer too far
0: in
2: the wrong direction, the ship will be spaghettified by tidal forces. Oh
0: Spaghettified?
2: Stretched. Twisted. Torn apart.
0: Right. And you didn't think I should notice before we left? Our odds for success were already so low, I didn't want to worry you.
2: Welcome into the Ringerverse. This is the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. Welcome to Mint Edition. It's a once in a while podcast about the latest fandom that you just can't live without. I'm Steve Allman, senior producer at the Ringer. Joining me today is my co-host, Ringer social coordinator, Lord of the Memes, explainer of the Midnight Boys. He's giving the Covenant back their bomb. It's Jomia on. What's going on, Steve? Oh, buddy,
0: Steve, we are here in the Ringerverse feed. (laughs) They done messed around and gave us a podcast. They done messed around and gave us a podcast. (laughs) Hey, man, listen, shout out to all the people at the top for believing in us.
1: We're here, Steve.
2: (laughs) We made it. (laughs) So exciting. Jomie, uh, what are we doing here? Tell us what we're going to be doing for, you know, untold amounts of time until the end of recorded time. Listen, we are here to give a look at all the stuff that
0: may not get coverage anywhere else. We're here to give a spotlight to all the shows, all the all the other stuff in this nerd space that we might have missed on the other shows. We're here to give coverage to all that stuff. And I, for one,
2: am excited. I I don't know if you know this, but we're about to be very busy <laughs> <for> the next <laughs> few weeks. Oh, man. Uh, yes, we are. Yes, we lots are. Lots of things to talk about. Lots of things to... Uh, get off of our chest And I think we're going to be starting with kind of a doozy Yeah That's been cooking for quite a few episodes And I I can't wait to talk about it with you But first Let's get into some programming reminders Coming up on the feed The House of R is going to be coming back next Monday This coming Monday To give you everything that you need to know Before the premiere of Obi-Wan Konami On Disney Plus Next Friday the Midnight Boys are going to be talking about Obi-Wan and giving you their instant reactions to the two-episode premiere on Disney+. Plus. Two episodes? Dose. We going back to bag on Obi-Wan? Oh, yes. Did you, not, did, you, did you not get the direct message from Ewan McGregor himself saying that, like, oh, we're so sorry, but we need to do two episodes? No, see, I got, I got Hayden
0: Christensen's number, you know, there and you it's go. been a minute. So, you know, he hasn't, like, got back to me yet. So this is just new information. That's the, awesome.
2: The problem with Hayden is he's such a dry texture. You
0: never know how he's feeling. You know, you yeah. know it's, it's like sand, you know. Like, yeah, it's, I hate sand. It's hate coarse. It so much. Yeah, the conversation's coarse. It's all that. Of course.
2: And then continuing to talk about Star Wars, we've got a special announcement. Ooh. The Ringerverse crew is going to be at Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim this coming weekend. We're going to be sitting, we're going to be looking at all the panels, we're going to be giving you our reactions to some of the biggest news, and we've even got a live show coming up that Saturday at the pod stage, our first live show ever on Friday, two to three, check us out at the podcast stage, feel free to say hi from a safe and respectable distance for all health (laughs) concerns involved, but for now, let's get into it. It's time to talk about the season finale and the season as a whole of the Paramount Plus original series, Halo. Oh! (laughs) We didn't plan that. I didn't didn't expect that you would actually do that with me. (laughs) Of course, man. Of course. (laughs) Also, don't forget, our friendly neighborhood spoiler warning, we're going to be talking about the entire first season of Halo and a little bit of the lore for the games itself. Alright, let's get into it! Woo! So before we begin and talk about the future, let's look a little bit to the past. Halo. Uh, you ever hear of it? A cultural phenomenon in the video gaming world? A, a staple in popular culture around? Master Chief might be the Shrek of video games. He's been memed to death. <laughs> and now he's come here to the silver screen, the small silver screen, uh, to entertain us with an epic TV show. Jomi. It's been a long road to get here. What do the Halo video games mean to you? Doug, so my first
0: ever exposure with the Halo video game was in high school. Right. We had a computer's class and they had Halo CE loaded up on all the
2: computers. And, mm-hmm. you know, Halo CE combat evolved. Was combat very evolved, evolved
0: Halo from 2001. Right. And we're supposed to, you know, do PowerPoints and. Learn Word and Excel and stuff. Right. And we were like, nah, we finna get in this blood goats. <laughs> we finna <laughs> run misses <laughs> it. was great. We'd be not even in the, we'd be in the front of class. And I've got my hand on the WASD and on a mouse. And I just be like, have my hand in my head. Like, oh, how'd I get sniped from across the map, man? Of course. You know, like we was having so much fun playing that <laughs> game in high school.
2: It's, it's insane to think back to that far. Now, I, I'm fairly familiar with combat evolved but like i had a playstation growing up Mm. so i didn't i didn't get to play the first halo really at all Uh, my best friend had an xbox and then i remember i believe it was junior year or sophomore year of high school that's when halo 2 came out Uh. and it was so excited and so hyped for kids kids were bringing the box with no disc just the box To show off to their friends, like, who got it day one? (laughs) Who can talk about it? Is there like the, is like there an alternate inlining sleeve? Remember when you could flip it over Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you get like a cool box? They were, everybody was talking about it. Halo 2 was probably the biggest thing that got us into the lore of Halo. Everybody was talking about like, what does the big ring in the sky mean? Like, this is the actual start of the story. And then so many games came out after that Halo 2, Halo 3, ODST. Uh, just to name a few, Halo 4, 5, Infinite. It's it's a worldwide phenomenon in gaming, and it's been long story that the IP was going to be going to either the big screen to be a movie, a TV show. For so long, we wanted to see Master Chief on screen. And for now, there used to be a time when we thought Steven Spielberg was going to direct a movie about this. Boy, howdy. that have been special. That I mean, so it crazy. didn't have enough uh, enough dad problems in it, so he wouldn't want to direct it anyway. <laughs> that's just, that's what he does. Uh, but this isn't the first live-action adventure. Promo shorts, like basically elongated commercials for other halos have existed amongst the times. What would you have wanted a Halo show movie to look like? Ooh, I would have loved a halo show
0: that was set (laughs) it's master chief right and 343 guilty spark you know having to get out
2: of a situation
0: because you know 343 you know he's the little little trickster you can't you can't really trust him all that much you know what i'm saying
2: yeah 343 basically like a a giant floating game cube (laughs) uh that's got an agenda that's very toxic
0: very toxic yes right so having like put master chief's faith in him trying to get out of the situation is something that i think would have been fun I, honestly it's really just like i'm thinking of portal 2 and you have 343 guilty spark played by uh, Stephen merchant sure, I, would, sure. I would watch i would never i would watch that show every day i'd watch that movie every day that's wonderful so great
2: i would love that I've, i like and that's the thing i've i remember when Halo was at the height of its popularity, when like two and three were coming out, like there were novelizations, there were comic books, really a lot of big exercises and deep dives into expansion of the lore of Halo that was a lot richer than, in my opinion, kind of had, had any right to be. This was kind of like the first like game of its generation that really wanted to dive in and make something uh, like all-encompassing with the media presence that it had and i remember the books being very good comic books were fun as well i really wanted to kind of have the sub spartans just like the space marines kind of looking up to the spartans as like jedi for the last thing and like kind of like doing their own sort of missions because like spartans are almost kind of too overpowered to have like a big grandiose story because they're kind of just instruments of war and all those things so there are a lot of ways to go here for this show and why don't we just dive right in and talk about what we think about this show this season finale that aired last night yep. and the season as a whole well i
0: was coming in i didn't know what to expect from the show you know i thought there could be there's a time where you could do like you know a do in doing the future, you know, like I have Master Chief passed the games or Master Chief, like you know, are we getting Halo One on screen? What was interesting is we got a prequel to all the games. Like this is the, these are things that have not yet happened in video games, and so I was like, okay, cool, we're getting like a whole new experience with the Master Chief, and let me tell you, it was a whole new experience i have never (laughs) seen master chief like this and it was honestly enthralling from start to finish
2: i think the first thing that we could talk about that is like the show is kind of mired in controversy is the way that it treats master chief and uh, kind of the approach that it wants to give the viewer to kind of introduce us to john 117 and the idea of the spartans and i think that that's kind of Perfectly encapsulated with what we got in this season finale. So, Joe me at dinner on. What did you think of the season finale of Halo? Awesome.
0: I thought it was one of the better episodes of the season. Right. Um, even though, huge spoiler alert, they killed Master Chief! <laughs> <laughs> uh, or he did died. they? Or did they?
2: Or did well, they?
0: Or well, did they? The thing, right? Cortana and Halsey talk about how Cortana can take over his body. Mm-hmm. Right? Cortana tells John that like yes, I can do that, but you would need to expire. You would need to be dead. And in the last bit of the episode, Cortana's like, "Hey John, like you can't do this." He's like, "I know I can't, but you can. <laughs> Let me die." and we can we can fix this we can get right. out of here
2: and then with a very ham-fisted metaphor of when the game is over the pawn and the king go in the same box which you know it's poetry cuz it rhymes i guess <laughs> like i, I th- my biggest thing with like the halo show and the canon a- a itself is that like is very much about big ideas you know like what does it mean to be an instrument of war what does it mean to uh fight something for the wrong reasons do the means justify the ends all of these like you know big heavyweighty things and ideas that this first season I guess flirted with talking about but I think at the heart of it is the show's humanization of Master Chief and what it did in the finale I think might be a very subtle stroke of genius really yes because Mm. there have been so many little tiny allusions to John being so special and so uh, like the crux of everything like he is basically the macguffin to both of these uh, both of these entities the UNSC and the covenant finding the sacred halo and he is at the center of all of this and he is trying to figure himself out while doing all of this and in the finale he basically surrenders control to Cortana and effectively dies and when he is now risen and unspeaking and just this kind of automaton uh, at the whims of this ai i feel like we actually got master chief so when you say you know they killed master chief i think they killed john 117
0: Mm. and master
2: chief is here now Mm. Because like again, like, there's a very interesting fun line at the end where like he's he's now saved his his crew after a wretched cauterization scene from uh, oh forgive me, who's who's the other person that he saves? Riz. From Biz, yes. Uh, after he does that and he sits back in the cockpit, like looks at and says, John, is that you? And nothing. Nothing comes back. I kind of love this because, again, we'll get into uh, the great know, helmet Steve. debate.
1: I and don't we, know. You don't Here's the thing,
2: right? Here's the thing. they
0: they spend so much time in the show trying to, you know, give us John's humanity. Right. Right. It's it's very deliberate on the show's. part. I think at times it's quite effective. Yeah, and I think yeah. So that's, at some point you're like, wow, like I do empathize. With this huge two ton Mont like brick, right? <laughs> brick man, like you mm-hmm. know, like I I understand. And then for them to take it away, to just yank it, you know, at the end there it's like, I kind of ah, think that's great, though. I, I think was, that's, I, I don't know. I wanted to, I wanted to, I I feel like make you know, I wanted to see more. I wanted to see you know, Man the chief like deal with like everything that just happened, you know, as as John and not just. The guy who you know we know from the games. You sure, know I mean?
2: and I I think that this is this is a good example. I put this in the notes, and I I kept thinking about this from the moment that I finished the finale. This ultimately kind of feels like a season zero to what Halo the show could actually be. I feel like the show actually started right now at mm. the end of the, at the end of the first season
0: okay.
2: because the lore that surrounds Master Chief or like kind of the story in the games at the very least. Is that he is no one he can be anybody you you see him in first person because you know it's des- by design it is supposed to be the player inhabits the character of master chief, he is this instrument of war, he is nothing but this you know minimally speaking propaganda piece for the u n c to be the ultimate warrior, but in this he is like so obviously conflicted and so wildly emotionally off base with being who Master Chief, who we know Master Chief to be, that it gives it kind of a like actual level playing field. So when you take all of that away, that's what Master Chief actually is. He is a person that is stripped of all of that at the very beginning of this now season two, we can hope to see from Halo. I like that idea of that possibility. As much as the show stumbled along the way, and boy did it, yeah. I oh. think there's a lot of promise for what we can get afterwards.
0: I agree with that. I do yeah. I do agree with that. I think there's so much room in season to We'll talk about that later, but there's so much to to tackle that, you know, wherever they go, I think it would be interesting.
2: So, yes. I I think I think with that we could probably look at to what our thoughts on the season as a whole could be. And uh, Jomi, we got a lot. The <laughs> there was a lot. It was it was 9 episodes of television, man. Right, it's it's I don't it's honestly kind of tough to isolate the finale from the rest of the season because I think the fin- the finale was actually really good at planting its flag of as to where the show could go afterwards, because we can go find the Halo. Will Master Chief find himself, where things will go? We'll get get into all of that later. But the show begins and progresses through at a very interesting clip, you might say. Uh I think I'll start off by saying that the first season of the show, I want to give the Stanley talk to this mm. show. Do you remember in the office when Stanley mouths off to Michael and he clears out the whole office and they just have a heart-to-heart yeah. and Stanley kind of just like unloads on who he is? <laughs> I want to I sit Halo down and be like, listen, <laughs> you are a show that I do not understand. Everything that you think that I would do you have done the opposite way. And I don't think I will ever understand it, but I'm going to sit here and I'm going to attempt to reason with you so that we could all get along with ourselves. Does that, does that kind of encapsulate how you feel about this first season? Yeah, no, 100%. I'm, I'm with you
0: on that front. So like, I came in, you know, again, with no expectations, but at the minimum, I thought like I was going to get, you know, Master Chief and I got John 117. So sure. you know you had to like, all right, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going. All right, let's let's see what it's about. And you know it it got to an ending where I think we can we can sit back and be like, okay, I understand what the what the vibes were. I understand what we're what we're doing. But uh, yeah, that's not really what <laughs> what anybody thought going in. No, of course not.
1: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
2: So let's talk about Master Chief. And I think that the way that we could start talking about him uh, is what I'm calling the Great Helmet Debate. Uh, I think from the beginning, when this show first aired, all people were talking about is how quickly he takes the helmet off, and like this is th- this is a long-standing thing that we have never ever ever in the games canon seen Master Chief's face. Ever, never. we've seen the back of his head, we've seen like the armor coming on, in, like very like very small subtle ways, but like ne- we've never actually seen or really had a sit down with him. Episode one minute 45 or something like that (laughs) he takes it off and he almost never puts it back on he rarely puts it back on after that not only does he not put the helmet on his armor is off all the time (laughs) he takes it off so much that i'm like at least put like a little like strap on the side of your hip if you're gonna like don't carry it around all the time like you could like rest it have a fanny pack for it or something like you take it off so much like hook it onto something it's definitely a, a thing they did
0: on purpose um, to not only differentiate themselves for other shows, with people that wear helmets on all the time, Leo, but to to show us that Master Chief John 117 is a person. You know, there's not just a just a two ton, you know, bringer of destruction, but someone that we can empathize with, somebody that we can you know, relate to. And so that was very, very pointed choice to be like ditch the helmet. You, you exist we can see your face we know
2: who's behind that mask how long did it take you to kind of like surrender yourself to that idea because it honestly took me like a couple of episodes where I'm like he's really not
0: really not doing that huh okay there's a conversation he has with uh, Soren in episode two where they're in you know Soren's you know I guess living room and you know, they're talking about they're Soren's talking about how the pe- pellet in their back you know right. suppresses their emotions. You know, their emotions and master chief is like huh what but i think for me that was like oh okay like if we don't have, if he just has a mask on we don't see him like understand like oh this is something that's like could be hindering me it could be a problem the mask would just would just hide that you know would hide that emotion from his face, we wouldn't be able to see that. But by taking it off, by letting us, you know, be with John one one seven in that moment, it allows us to better understand him. So, in the next episode, when he removes the pellet, we understand how he got from point A to point B.
2: A Rough scene doing that was that was, oh, that was great. I was like, are you like is he like one snip like you're 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 sitting down for quite a while. After your spine, spine. I, I was like, are you <laughs> severing your spinal cord right now? <laughs> I think that that was probably that was a big part of it because I think the prologue, cold open scene in episode two, when he's faced with like letting Soren go when they're like you know in their late teens, early twenties, and they're training to be Spartans, uh, I think that's probably when they're like, oh, okay, this is an origin story of Master Chief, and we're not even done telling that in the present day, because a lot of the problems with the UNSC and their ethics with training and indoctrinating not only the Spartans but all people that you know surround and align themselves with it that's the actual like crux of the problem and the drama that is centered around Master Chief he's the instrument for all of this and the show's attempting to make us understand that and i think you know at times we can we can go along with it but i think we're the show really hit its stride with not only bringing, you know, a bit of humanization to Master Chief, as much as it might stumble, uh, action scenes. Dude. Dude. I, it's, I, I, think that I, I think for me, the action in Episode 5 uh, is probably the, it's very clear that they only had like three times that they could do this. They had the money for like three <laughs> great action scenes. I was like, alright, you put it in the beginning, you put one in the middle, you put one in the end. There you go. Like, that's all that we could do. (laughs) And I was really like, oh, wow, we're like, this is what like people thought they really wanted to see. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just Master Chief whooping ass and the rest of Spartans whooping ass. Mm -hmm. I think my biggest note, we don't need first person cameras. Uh, I get get that it's fan service for the games and it's cool to see the UI like do all the stuff and I'm like, you know, the shield charging up is cool. All Mm -hmm. those sound effects, but like, I think every time that we don't see like that first person camera, like that's just jarring to me and it just looks weird because I'm like, You're clearly doing this for the for the fans of the game. So I'm like, I've already seen Master Chief with his helmet off for, you know, six hours. <laughs> so you don't need to do everything for me.
0: No, uh, I think the first time it was definitely cool. The first time it was definitely sure. like, okay, like I see what we're doing, but yeah, more and more is like, you know, it's like we don't we don't really need this. I will say though, it did give me a thrill seeing Master Chief do Master Chief things. It was awesome. It was awesome.
2: I was like, oh, okay, we're, like, we're still really justifying our existence for the show, not only in the action front, but like in a couple of moments of pretty good drama and intrigue. Mm-hmm. And with that, I feel like we kind of got to talk about Halsey. Oh, mm. boy. I'll start by saying Halsey is so evil. <laughs> 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 so clearly evil. Oh From like, the moment you, we meet her, you're like, oh, you're doing uh, fucked up experiments on humans and uh, qu- very questionable cloning techniques. Uh, you're bad. And yeah. nobody else is questioning that. I Was there ever a point where you're like, uh, maybe we trust Halsey? Or did you never trust Halsey like me for the entire show? Well, so here's the thing, right?
0: You You know, if you've played the games, you know that Halsey is the number one op. Right? Yes. Like, legitimate, like, of all, you know, We spent all this time, you know, worried about the Covenant, worried about the Flood, da-da-da, but the relationship between Halsey and Master Chief in the Mm -hmm. games is one that you can only describe as just incredibly toxic, because she is, like, Master Chief is, like, basically, like, her son, you know what I mean? Like, just cares about him that much, but at the same time, like, you kidnapped him from his family, and then turn them into a war machine and now like for whatever reason now you want to care you know and so you know she's she's bad but in these episodes she not only is she just like a terrible you know evil scientist
2: a bad partner and a bad bad mother just like the worst bad all around uh really failing the hippopotamus oath uh, on all fronts here i, I don't think it's it ever been uh, wait, steve more... did you say i the know hippopotam- it's a hippocratic oath it's, a, it's you the you said fun...
0: hippopotamus oath yeah nah that hey, was Kirk, on purpose. That stays in. of course Kirk it stays it makes a i wanted that
2: <laughs> it's all it's all we allow here <laughs> she's failing her hippopotamus oath and i <laughs> Moon Knight. You got Moon Knight on the brain. Of course, of course. You got Tauret still <laughs> still in here. She spares her Tauretta. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: but but I, I think that like there could have been a bit more of like a cat and mouse and deception to be played with Halsey's role in all of this because she feels that like not only do the ends justify the means, but she's got some galaxy brain theory about how humanity should be evolving faster than what we're already doing. So she wants to accelerate that by any means necessary and the unc allowing that or at least you know being complicit in that that's kind of the bigger like political implication that's I- intriguing to a lot of this and you know to see the spartans get you know indoctrinated and then seemingly broken of that indoctrination across this season the ideas that we're touching on i i think are good i just think that sometimes when it stumbles we get lost in the woods, and before we talk about the Covenant, I think we should probably talk about the thing that we get most lost in the woods for, for half the season, that I, d- <laughs> I, really, I really wish that we didn't have to, but like we have to talk about Quan Ha and her journey. Do we, though? I, if, do we, I mean, the, do we? the show felt it needed to, Ugh. for a portion of it, <laughs> and then seemingly... Uh whisk that away i all right so you mentioned this as being kind of like we're watching the spin-off to a show within a season of a show yes it's like it's it's really like two different shows
0: right so they start off the season starts off with master chief deciding to rescue kwan and it's like hey i am gonna you know i'm gonna risk everything keep this girl safe it's cool okay we get it he takes her to, in episode two, he takes her to what I can only like, think call The Rock, but really it just, it's just nowhere from Guardians right, of the Galaxy. Right, it is. And he passes her off to Sean and he's like, hey, I have, you know, other responsibilities I need to take care of. Can you please make sure she's safe? Cool. Alright. Mm-hmm. So now we're on two diverging, you know, uh, storylines that hopefully we'll see come together when, you know, the time comes. And and they do not. They, they do not. Do not come back together. Kwan Ha spends half of the episodes trying to find her dad's generals and try to you know win back Madrigal. And at every turn, it's like, Nah, man, you can't do this. And she's like, Yes, I can. <laughs> and people who are just a little bit smarter and have a little bit more experience with the stuff are like. I would stop. And she's like, I wouldn't do that.
2: And at every turn, she's like, no, I'm going to do that. And then she gets like, you know, smacked down almost every time. Almost every time until. Until she like gets almost gets got and
0: Sorin is like, hey, I'm going to come rescue you because I made a promise to John 117. Right. And, you know, honestly, in in a pretty cool scene, gets rid of her
2: enemies in one fell swoop and that which is great love that for her i think i think you know uh if anything could justify seeing Vanture in that awesome coat <laughs> being deliciously evil mm. uh i feel like uh burn gorman and uh the character of Vancher were like he might mu- he might have been having the most fun on set oh, this entire show be. Gotta be the, you know, he was. I don't. One of the, I feel like he should have been like a. He, he should have played a villain uh, far more prominently in this. Well, like he, he was,
0: he was, he was selling it. You know, he when he was murdering the people. You know what I mean? And then he murdered
2: the last of uh Quan Ha's dad's generals.
0: Right. Just like he was. He was a. He was a sick dude.
2: He was a you psycho. Know? Here's how you know. It's because they wear. Those really, really tiny sunglasses mm. that like are ba- that are almost smaller than your eyes. Mm-hmm. They look they look like a Wolfenstein villain. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen the anime Trigun?
0: Uh no, Steve, I have not okay. seen the anime. Well, there's Trigun. a character
2: in it called Vash the Stampede, and he's got those tiny little glasses, and he looks a lot like that. Like he's got that big coat. He looks a lot like this guy. It's he. I love a villain that's just like he. He looks like he could be like an evil German man. It's just like he's literally chewing a cigar. <laughs> Like executing uh, people in the street. I don't know. I just love a villain for a villain's sake. And that's yeah. that's the type of shit that I like. Yeah, I but yeah, you. Quan Ha's a bit of a mess. Um, and then we gotta talk about uh the Covenant. Oh. I am delightfully surprised at how much of the Covenant we got to learn about in this first season. It's great, man. The Covenant
0: are the, you know, main antagonists of the Halo series. And if you don't know. The Covenant are alien zealots that are led by the High Charity that want to ascend to a higher plane of existence. How do you do that? By activating the Halo rings. And Mm -hmm. that's what their entire plan was um, in the games. And you see in in the show, Like they want to get the artifacts to find the Halo ring to activate. The problem with activating the Halo ring is that it's basically just a huge bomb that annihilates every single... You know, right. living thing in the in the galaxy, so you think can't really think of a
2: Death Star that's supposed to blow up and do its job. <laughs> that's basically what a Halo ring is.
0: Exactly, exactly. There's a and lot it, of history in you know the Halo rings that we don't have to get into that, but it is it is super interesting how like we got the High Charity
2: and they have a little human spy. I first of all, I never would have thought that we would have seen High Charity because it took like what three games two games to to, to, like get there. Like we never knew that much about the covenant and to know that this is sort of a two pronged story of like a war on both fronts that we only know a little bit about the covenant, Mm -hmm. a lot more about the UNC. I love the like, kind of like at least like religious or prophecy driven elements about the, the, about their motivation Mm -hmm. as to why they want to activate the halo ring. Yeah. I feel like it kind of got muddled a little bit with the you know finding the artifact and the second artifact and Uh, like just like it's just going to be a waypoint to find the real big thing coming soon season two (laughs) where we could have just been like okay we are the covenant this is why we hate humanity this is what our uh, religion and prophecy will be dictating our motivation through but instead we get uh, our (laughs) our covenant spy. Uh honestly, uh, it played quite well uh by Charlie Murphy, uh Mackie. Mackie I, I I genuinely liked this character. I did. I think it was like slightly underused because we get like muddled down in a little bit of like teasing of the flood, which we'll get to that in a minute later, but uh I, I think to have a sort of character that uh Master Chief can empathize with and see himself in as these sort of like this elevated version of humanity that Halsey wants to tap into and clearly the covenant has as well, calling her the blessed one. Master chief is the demon. What did you think about the parallel between those two characters and did it work for you in this first season? Yeah, I think the show sets them up as foils, right?
0: Both taken, you know, as young children from their families and, indoctrinated basically into this way of life McKee on the covenant side and John on the UNSC side. And so when they meet, they both realize like, Hey, maybe this thing isn't all what we thought it was, you know, and they realize it together. And we'll get to that later, but it's something that they're supposed to mirror each other. And I think the show does that really well, even though like I was surprised that the Covenant had you know humans on their side, but it makes sense story wise. Like that 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 storyline really
2: fits, and I think they handled that really well. I I would have I would have I would have been shocked if uh Mackie actually like I would have I could have sworn that she was actually going to turn on everybody and tr- attempt to kill Master Chief. Like I thought it was all a long con for the sake of the Covenant, but she kind of had a foot half in half out with them. That I actually, I genuinely didn't see coming, and you know, she was just enamored with fulfilling her purpose, which was finding the ring, and I, I think that was that was pretty well done. It is, it is, because their the arcs literally like mirror each other, like right?
0: They, I think they both die in that ceremony. You know what I'm saying? Like it's really like how their lives like diverge, like they're on opposite ends of the war, but going through parallel journeys Mm -hmm. and how, you know, they finally intersect. And it's like, it changes everything for both of them. And they both realize like, Hey, maybe this isn't what I thought it was. Maybe this isn't what I believed in truly. And it ultimately ends in both of them, you know, dying, you know, for, for their cause.
2: I, which, you know, I think master chief is still trying to find his cause. Uh, which sucks because he uh you know lost his life, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be figuring out uh what we're gonna be doing with that. But uh to know that uh where the season leaves us, Cortana seemingly in charge of Master Chief, Halsey on the run, a fugitive now, yeah, uh off to go and do her kooky science uh mm. in a lab. Shout out to her lackey, by the way. Uh real slimy piece of shit there, just like <laughs> running to get coffees and shit an absolute Uh, weirdo just love love a good igor to a mad scientist yeah um let's wrap up a little bit and talk about the strengths before we get into some of the crazier parts of this season Mm -hmm. what was probably the biggest strength for you and what would you like to see let's just say improved upon come season two well here's what i'll say man one of the coolest things was how good
0: the elites grunts jackals hunters and even the high charity looked in spots so there's some there's some well, times it's where okay. i'm like okay now, mm, mm, I, mm, I would push mm. back i would push back episode okay. one i understand episode one right. i understand right mm-hmm. it was a little like okay what are we doing here fellas like uh what what is it like but in episodes five and nine with the, the two big fights and then the spots with the high charity and the elites finding Mckee uh, when she's a young girl, I thought those all looked really good. Right. Sometimes
2: I thought, right. they, sometimes really I thought they were like were genuinely puppets. Other times I thought they were paying tribute to the first Halo game by making all of those graphics on the first Xbox. No, like there were sometimes. No. I don't know, man. I thought it. Lo- like, I thought it, it, was... it looked
0: pretty good. I thought it looked pretty good. Maybe you know what I'm saying? Because again, I'm an Ace of the Shield fan. So you know my CGI, you know again, like you're looking yeah, like your, that. Your, your budgets thought, don't
2: don't work like that.
0: I thought it looked pretty good, all things considered. Considering like you have you have to have these characters in the game, like you know, sure, like of you, course, you, of you course. have to have them in the show. Like if they're not in the show, then we're like, what are we doing here? I thought they looked pretty swell.
2: Right. I won't I won't say what a what a show has to do because the show did almost op- the opposite of that and turned out <laughs> be, to be okay. <laughs> um, I think the strength of it obviously were the action sequences. I would love to see more of them or at least be enabled to do more of that uh but i think that it might be the antithesis of what the show is trying to be i feel like this is trying to like kind of give a lot more political intrigue more emotional heft but we'll see what season two brings with the idea of master chief not saying anything maybe not even being the primary character of his own show i that could be interesting but i think we want to kind of just indulge a little bit in some of the wildest things that we saw in this show because it's just too much to not talk about. We mentioned uh Venture and his amazing coat being deliciously evil. Uh one one that I have listed here is Soren's nasty ass arm. Uh that was tough. That that's that was so gross, but also <laughs> so <laughs> hilariously fake <laughs> that I also kind of loved it. Where it looks like he's just like got like he looks like he's got like a, a, a sock bopper on yeah, his hand. Yeah. And now I'm he, like, oh, how do you even put that in a jacket, my guy? Like that's nah. so like ludicrously. It looks like strong Rick. The custom. Or strong Morty. I don't know.
0: Yeah. yeah the custom clothes budget for the guy soren has got to be crazy.
2: Well, I liked it because he had his, he had his guy like put the jacket on him for mm-hmm. the first time. I'm like, he's not going to get that off by himself. He's got to have a guy <laughs> put, do put it on and off the whole time. Yeah. He's he should
0: invest doing. in some long sleeves for season two. Let's just, uh, you know, let's Cortana just, like, backseat
2: gaming it. in that one action sequence where she's just telling him what to do. and He's like, I know how the game is played. Well, I thought that was pretty cool because
0: like, ah. that's the point of having an AI, right? Like, you know, it's like move to the left, go back True. two steps, you know, do, 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 you know, I thought like that, that makes sense.
2: I just it, it's there are uh, occasional times when Halo becomes self-aware that it's a show based on a video game and it wants to like put little nudges about being a video game. I'm like, nah, look, we don't need to do that. Like, we're already, like you came across the finish line. You got it on Paramount Plus with like X millions of dollars worth of budget. Like you made it. You don't need to, you don't need to do this for me. I, did, I didn't. need it.
1: This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes as a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race. A young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the planet of the apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: Master Chief having a night on the town.
1: Hey, you know, I don't.
2: I Listen, you know, Master,
0: like you said, Master Chief is a human being. Who doesn't want to go out for a little walk?
2: You know? Let's run down, the, run down the list of the things that he does on his night out <laughs> while he's thinking about stuff. And worrying about what it what it like what it's like to be human. It takes the subway, right? That's that blew my mind. <laughs> I could not comprehend. That's the that's the most insane thing I've ever, ever thought about.
0: I hey, message you know, take the L train, you know, take it uptown, mm-hmm. you know, swing up, go, you know, go through Midtown, go to Harlem, you know what I'm saying? He might go, you know, stop, get a chopped cheese. Right, you no, know, let my man live. You know what's okay. wrong? What's wrong with that? He also enjoys classical music. Ah, oh, come on, you know you, the I don't think they were violins; they were like some
2: future. No, they were future cellos. Future they cellos, had future cellos yeah. which I love because, like, the design of those those are real cellos. Like they, they could just make them like that, mm-hmm. but like to know that they're just like the size of like a Hershey's bar, and, but like just go <laughs> all the way down. That's so funny to me. It's so great. It's so uh, great. And uh, let's go. I'm gonna. We have, okay. we have to talk about it. We have okay. to talk about I'm, it. We have to talk about since it. Since I'm a producer myself and I'm always thinking about breakouts, I'm putting five minutes on the clock, <laughs> only allowing five minutes on the clock to talk about Master Chief having sex. Listen. Master listen. Chief has sex in this show. I'm going to count it down, Jomie. This is an ISO for you. Three, two, one, go. Master Chief has sex. Here's the thing.
0: Right. When you first hear those words, you just can't believe it. Your brain, like, short circuits. You're like, my Master Chief my petty officer John 117 <laughs> in the sheets no way no way but I I posit to you this and I want you to, to follow me on this journey I've right? I, I follow, I followed worse the show is trying to ma- humanize Master Chief of course right that is like one of the show's biggest agendas It's trying to make you empathize trying to make you understand trying to make you put yourself in his shoes and be like, yeah, I understand like why you would do things like this or why you would make these decisions. Right. And I ask you listeners at home, in your car, at the beach, wherever you may be, is there anything more human than falling in love and having sex with the first person that understands you.
2: First of all, he, they, he's listen, not love. Listen, he, like, listen, he had a vision listen, and he touched the lady on the halo ring. Listen, That's not a-
0: is there anything more human, Steve? Come on now. Come on now. You got to understand. He's been alone his whole life. He finally found somebody that he can relate to. Somebody that, that understands what he's going through. And you telling me that you wouldn't fold in that moment, Steve? Stop the cap. Come on I now. Do- <laughs> That's a different show. But Term, you, don't on, have, on, you don't man. have
2: copywritten permission to use that on this show. You don't. Uh, <laughs> come on, man. I don't. <laughs> I, I think to sum, summarize my points of this, I'm going to reveal a slight text exchange that I had with a friend of mine. I said, watching the Halo show right now, Master Chief just had sex. My friend responds, does he keep the helmet on? <laughs> and I said, he can't stop taking it off. It's the first thing he gets rid of. First of all, if he kept the helmet on, that would have been the greatest scene in recorded cinematic history. Man, you're not wrong about that. You're not wrong. If that about was the that. only thing he kept on, that would have been the best thing I had ever witnessed in my life. I think it's more insane to just say the sentence "Master Chief has sex" <laughs> than to give context around this because it's like I get the purpose of the scene. Yeah. I understand what we're trying to do. That it that he's like, uh, like kind of like alone in this world. And he's like really connecting with her. Yeah. And that they, when they both touch the artifact, they are clearly uh, two out of 2 billion for uh, their purpose in this life. And uh, it just, it's, it's really fell flat because Mm. this is like, this, this is what actually broke me out of the show for a moment because like, it wasn't taking the helmet off. It wasn't take him taking the subway, (laughs) which was, is still wild. But, It's the idea of like, okay, like him kind of bumbling his way through what it means to connect and be a human when we already know that he's not supposed to be one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't find anything like particularly offensive about it but I was just like this is this is a lot you're doing a lot it guys It is a lot
0: it is a lot and, and I don't I know mean, how we feel about it Listen he had his helmet off but we we, we he probably had another helmet on you know you got to be safe out there master Of cheeks. course of course you can't be wilding. But here's clapping master and, cheeks ma, hey you know Matt <laughs> he was out there he was outside like that Here's the weird part right and right. this is what I I I don't think I can abide by right I I do understand the sex scene but um what why was Cortana watching? Why was she? Why was she so, just staring,
2: man? We, we we didn't need I wanna, to. I don't we didn't, worry. We didn't need to see that. I don't. I, I don't want to think about this too much because uh, Cortana was like injected into him and like given it, like she doesn't have a lot of agency in that part. So I don't even know if she signed up for that, but she <laughs> uh, like immediately uh, like she was supposed to reported it back to Halsey. Uh, So, kissing and telling, big no-no there. Yeah. Not a big fan of that, Cortana. Like, you could have at least kept that private. Okay, but uh, here's the thing, right? The show
0: clearly confirms that Master Chief and Cortana could communicate without the helmet. Was right. she giving clearly. Master Chief tips? Was she like, hey, Chief, two, two inches can, to the left, you know Surrender
2: control. Maybe we can find out Dude. what we're really doing here.
0: Right? Master Chief, you got to use your hips. Hips, you know right. what I'm saying? Use that torque, you know I, what I'm well, saying? She,
2: at that point, she could only, you know, uh she can only put him in a or version of stasis so mm. great excuse to you know you know finish early no, can't really
0: go straight to sleep oh my god can't really <laughs> sorry i just uh, stasis baby
2: i can't help it she takes control all right that's enough that's enough time we've dedicated to that <laughs> that is quite enough of that but let's look a little bit ahead we've already got a two season commitment for this show mhm Season two will be happening at some point. Sure. Where would we like to see this show go in the future? Characters we'd like to see. Plot lines to explore. Big notes going forward. Jomi, go. I, well, you know me. I'm trying to see Sergeant Dude. Sergeant Johnson, where you at? I don't. I, I would have sworn that we would have seen him in this first season. But I, I, we, that has to happen. It's gotta, it simply has to happen. Gotta see him. And I think my biggest question is
0: what's what's going on with Halsey you know like she is she's an op like full stop and for sure and so does Master Chief go after her do the UNSC go after her you know we didn't we didn't talk about them a lot but you know Jacob Keys and Miranda Keys her former partner and her daughter like they obviously have a stake in you know how Halsey has done them dirty do they raise ruckus about where she's at right now like there's so much that hinges on Halsey and, you know, the fall of Reach and the whole thing. Like, it is, like, the implications of this are massive. Right. You know, so how does it all fit together? Her getting off Reach, you know, the, the entire story is very important. So I'm excited to see where that goes.
2: I think with the Halsey angle, uh, I think we can kind of remedy what might have been the biggest problem plot wise for the first season for me. And that's what to do with Quan. Uh, we leave her in an odd state where, you know, she's kind of on her own, you know, given, given our guy his payout and off to fight uh, the good fight. I would like to see, uh, you know, I think we could have agreed that we could have done with less of Quan in this next season, but I would love to see Halsey pulling at Kwan's strings. I feel like, Halsey's, like a lot of Halsey's great power is to know that she can manipulate a lot of people in good political standing to get to allow herself to do what she wants. I think that's kind of the biggest asset to her character, not only for you know, her grand vision and scientific mind, but she is a key political player in all of this. Flipping the coin to Quan and her revolution to kind of like almost overturn the US- UNSC in time, it feels like that's where it could be going because she's you know, she has a lot of conflicting feelings about Master Chief. I think that that's kind of a good crux and place to put those two characters in for season two because A, it'll truncate a lot of like a three-pronged story uh, arc that we got this season and it gets a lot of good uh, character banter between the two. I like that. What's the big thing that we get to see with Master Chief and the Covenant?
0: Whew. I, I just think I'd be really interested to see how the high charity rebound from this, right? They don't have the artifact, right? right? right. And so their, their main goal is finding the Halo to blow up the Halo. How do they rebound without McKee? without the artifacts how do they like become a problem for chief it's easy to just be like oh I'll throw him out there but this show was said, like we're gonna you know we're not gonna do stuff for no reason we're gonna give the high charity you know we're gonna give them reasons why they want to want to go after him and so i think revenge is too simple you know of a of a explanation so there's got to be something that puts them back on the same path and that's where I, I mentioned the fall of Reach, but I think ultimately, like that's where the show has to go to. Rest in peace, Noble Six,
2: our ah, guys,
0: yes. our guys. Which, by the way, like Master Chief, it's like a it's like a domino effect. Master Chief, you know, getting laid, brrr, the fall of Reach, and the start of the war. <laughs> it's that little domino
2: to a big <laughs> bed. Like now. Master yeah. Chief gets horny. The covenant take over reach <laughs> like, let me tell you if, if it all falls down to that we could blame we can blame cortana that's for sure yeah.
0: yeah but i'm excited to see the covenant back like that's one of the best parts of the season so that'll be awesome
2: last thing that i'd like to see and we can end on this do we see our buddy the arbiter
0: oh you know what i would love to but i don't know how we'd fit Well, here's the thing right he's the arbiter because he messed up at some right. point in the future right and so maybe, you know, instead of Kwan Haas' plot that we can move to, you know, YouTube, you know what I'm saying? We can watch that, you know, whenever we get it. <laughs> we could get the Arbiter B-plot, you know, and him, like, how he messed up and how he found his way to being the Arbiter in, in Halo 2. That, that's something I would not be mad about.
2: Yes, the forsaken hero of the Covenant now here to kind of warn the Covenant about, like, hey, maybe what we're doing isn't the right move, guys. Uh, I love that idea. I just I love the character of the Arbiter. It's probably like he's probably the better version of Master Chief as far as a character arc is concerned, for like a Forsaken hero that is trying to like who believes in his cause that still tries to like get everything right with the world. I would love to see that. I don't know if Keith David's available, but we need to get him. I don't oh, think he yeah. do it without our guy. You cannot. You cannot. There's a lot to see.
0: <sighs> can't wait. There's a lot to see. Steve. I can't wait, Steve.
2: Can can you can you wait until the next time that we do this, Jomy?
0: That because I, I think do. that's
2: it for us. That's ah uh,
0: man, listen. We're getting <laughs> we're getting in the chat. They're like, "Guys, you got to go. We got to we got to watch stranger things. We got to watch uh, <laughs> Obi-Wan. We
2: got so much stuff to cover. I'm pouring sweat already." <laughs> but that is it going to do it for us for now. We got a lot coming up on the feed, guys. Oh, yeah. We have so, 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 so much. Please join us on Monday for the House of R talking about everything you need to know for Obi-Wan. Join us Friday talking about the Obi-Wan premiere, two episodes, Midnight Boys. B- I'm excited. I'm yeah. so excited I can't even finish this outro. <coughs> and then join us if you're going to Star Wars Celebration this weekend. Come say hi to us for a live show at the podcast stage on Saturday. We can't wait to see you there. We are produced by the great Jonathan Kerma, as always. We'd love to see him. Shout out to Kerm, a.k.a. The Kerminator. This this show could not be in better hands. I'm so, so, so excited. For all of us here at the Ringerverse, Jomi, you got any parting words for everyone? I see
0: a beautiful city and a brilliant people rising from the abyss. I see the lives for which I lay down my life. Peaceful, useful, prosperous, and happy. I see that I hold a sanctuary in their hearts and the hearts of their descendants generates its It is a far, far better thing that I do
2: than I've ever
0: done. It is a far, far better rest that I go to than I've ever done. That was our Master Chief. Thank you as always, Junior (laughs) Mets. (laughs) And we will see you next time
2: (laughs) on Mint Edition.
1: This episode is brought to you by State Farm.